You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Taylor, this week is the best week to not be able to go to movie theaters. Why? Because it's snowing. It's just been <laughs> snowing for days now. Oh my god, the heck? The, the been... Monday like, blizzard that crossed all of Ontario. We've been calling it very unoriginally Snowmageddon. Stom- Snowmageddon? Yeah, I've heard that a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> How original, everybody. Snowmageddon. <laughs> like... But uh, it's true. You don't even need to stream anything because if you're anything like Dan and I, we've just been staring at our window all day watching our neighbors get stuck in Isn't the street. It... <laughs> Isn't that so odd that that's the same with me? All I've been doing all day. Like on like throughout Monday and throughout the blizzard, like pretty much anytime it was snowing, was just watching outside and watching people and thinking, what what are you doing? Yeah. What's so important? Where are you going? There was about three cars that got stuck, um, coming kind of coming down my street, and all I thought was like, well, yeah, what what did you expect? Pretty much, there was uh, one of our neighbors, his wife plus another neighbor had to get him out. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I didn't see this. Dan Dan saw this. There was an Uber Eats guy or like a skip the dishes guy and that apparently was quite the saga like (laughs) we live on a we live on yeah who would order and it was like uber right it was like before lunch it was like before noon and um we live on a cul-de-sac a crescent i guess yeah we live on a crescent and so the guy was like instead of just backing up back like reversing and going onto the main street he was like trying to drive the whole way through the crescent but like kept getting stuck got halfway through the crescent decided okay now i'll reverse (laughs) i i just feel so bad for for delivery people and like why would you like i know i feel bad enough when it's raining i don't order out food like i was somewhat prepared i knew this was coming so like i bought groceries like i just made sure i was ready like oh i'm not going anywhere at least monday <laughs> so yeah poor I mean, poor guy yeah, yeah that's uh that's quite the story well yeah i mean it, it was a good definitely a good uh i guess day to to watch movies though i guess we you and i wrapped up our movie watching on the weekend but still i mean the the snow and there's nowhere to go you might as well be streaming we can't go to movie theaters anyway so you know what i plan to watch tonight mike um, and I just have to plug this. Have you seen, I think it went up on Netflix, maybe Friday, maybe a little bit earlier, Archive 81. No, I haven't seen this. I'm obsessed. It's a, it's eight series? episodes. It's a series. Okay. It's a horror, horror series based on a podcast. Oh. And um, it feels like an escape room. Like, while I'm watching it. Like, it's so twisty and turny. Anyways, I'm loving it. I wish I wish other people were watching it just so I could talk about it. And um, because we're in lockdown, I can't see anyone. So that's why I'm telling our listeners, listeners, <laughs> go out and watch Archive 81 and um, write in and tell me your thoughts. Because it's bonkers. It's so good. So that's okay. what I'm going to watch tonight. 
while I'm there in lockdown and Snowmageddon. Yeah, well, might as well. I mean, that that sounds like a, first of all, sounds like a you series. Oh, it's um. a very me series. So very quickly, <laughs> I'll tell you the premise. Okay, you want to talk so, about it? Okay, go yes, ahead. Yes, <laughs> duh. So um, people, sometimes we get people writing and saying, why don't you review miniseries? We do mm-hmm. occasionally. And right now I'm going to do it. So there you go. buckle, buckle in. All so right. the premise is this guy. I actually think his name might be Dan. <laughs> and I'm so bad. I don't know. Mike, do you ever know the names of characters? I never know the names uh, of characters. Only I, occasionally. Yeah. Sometimes I like I tune don't. out. <laughs> I tune out. I couldn't care less. I'm like, whatever, that guy. Anyway, so it's like modern, like now, modern times. This young guy, I think his name is Dan. It um he is a film archivist. And he uh, he um, repairs like audiovisual stuff. He um, so like you know like if you have an old movie or or old cassette tape, his job is to like refurbish them and like make them watchable again. So he gets approached by this mysterious businessman to salvage archival footage from the nineties. So the movie, the show, because it's a miniseries, takes place. Um, like in modern times, but then you'll like Dan will be like refurbishing some of the the um, VHS or whatever, like the cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And so you'll start watching like what he's seeing like on the TV screen. But then like it takes you to the night like that becomes the main action on the screen. Am I making sense? Yeah. So like you're splitting that between 1994 and then like modern times. Mm-hmm. And this woman, the like the footage from the 90s, she's a doctoral student who's gone to an apartment complex to do oral histories. But very quickly, and this isn't this isn't a spoiler because I think it's even in the description on Netflix. Very quickly, it's like, okay, there's a cult. Like something, you know what I mean? Like you, you like know right away. It's like you know right away, like, and it's like in it's in the Netflix description. It's like a young man discovers the mystery of a cult or whatever. So, anyways, that's all I'm gonna say. And like their stories become like very like intermeshed. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, um, so if you liked the haunting of Hill House, I think you'll people will really like this one. And, and that like, was a extremely popular. Yes. And you know who's one of the producers on this series? James Wan. Oh. Wan. James Wan. James Wan. James Wan. Very good. Well, he's fantastic. So all of our friends Four who like so. the conjuring and stuff, I like I'm really impressed with this series. It's to it says season one, so maybe there'll be more seasons, but the first season or series is eight episodes. And okay. I'm obsessed. So, anyways. Right so it's a see it then. You're giving it is a see it, see it yes. <laughs> and I'm not First even done review. yet. I'm not even done. <laughs> That's, how many more episodes do you have? Uh three more. But you're hooked. Like you're I'm no hooked. matter what, was, this is like good. I was for you. hooked after the first episode. You know how sometimes when you're watching a, a mini series, you're like, oh, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I never had to yeah. give the benefit of the doubt. Like I was hooked you after were just the there. first yeah. episode. And what a cool premise. And his friend. His like sidekick kind of in the show um, is a podcast host. Oh, so there's like podcasty things, which I thought was fun. Yeah, that's cool. This, I think this is your first see it of of 2022. Oh, probably first see it of the <laughs> I don't think last week you gave a see it. I'm pretty no, sure you no. were disappointed. I was. I that's and after the movie I watched this week, I'm like, oh, 
more of this. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I guess you didn't like your movie. Um, it was okay. We'll get into it, but we'll it wasn't. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that's good. That sound. It sounds definitely like a, a series that you would like, and you've got you've got me. Uh, I think you should interest. check it out, Mike. Yeah, because like cool. James Wan's great director, and if he's producing it, I mean, I love it. Um, today. Know- Sorry, I was just going to interject real no, quick. No, go ahead. Yeah. You know, um, you want other people to watch it to make sure that maybe you're not just being dumb. Like, is this sure. actually a yeah. good show? This is good. Is this not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's good, but we'll see. The jury is out. Yeah, it's hard because sometimes you also, you know, you have a certain bias towards yeah. a certain type of film and you're just not 100% sure. Like some people are just like, they don't care. They're just like, whatever. I like it. And like, who cares? It's good. But I'm, I am like you where I kind of want other people to kind of reaffirm, like, is this good or am I just, you know, do I just, or like I'm just crazy. Am I just crazy? Yeah, <laughs> no, it sounds good. Um, yeah, so today we've got quite a few movies to go through. Um, I've got two I want to talk about and, and you've got one, but we, we've got kind of uh, two surprise reviews because you just did, did one that uh, our fans didn't know about because I didn't promote it. And I also last minute thought of one. I texted you about, I'm like, oh, I also saw this movie and I'm going to review it too. So we've got a couple things to kind of talk about, including the ones we did preview, which was I I watched The Tender Bar and you watched Queen Pins, uh, both Amazon original movies. We thought we'd mix it up. We normally feature Netflix streaming. Netflix, yeah. Or or Disney Plus. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Buffy and on Amazon. And like I said last week, they show commercials. (laughs) So unlike Netflix, where you kind of just go in blind, I fell for Amazon marketing. That's how I heard about both our movies was through um, commercials on Amazon. Yeah, I think I heard about I heard about them too. Same thing. Like I, I actually, you know, it's funny. I had never heard of Queen Pins, and then when I put when I started to watch the Tender Bar, that's what the ad popped up was <laughs> Queen Pins. I'm like, oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, that's that's what marketing works. works. It does. It does. It can work. Um, so before we get into to reviews, I mean, as a reminder to everyone, yes, we are into streaming in Kingston now. So unfortunately, we can't see anything new because we're in Ontario. And uh, in Ontario, we can't go to the movies until at least January 27th, uh, plus plus, because we don't know when it will be lifted. Who knows? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that uh, this this time, you know, at least at least come February, that the movie theaters will be will be back, but uh, you never know. <laughs> you, you really never know. Controversial opinion, Mike. I say open the theaters, but let's go back to not sitting beside strangers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, if I, I don't, don't, I mean, I never I want remember. to sit beside a stranger again. <laughs> no, and I I don't remember there being massive COVID outbreaks connected to movie theaters like i know this everywhere is different but just in kingston i don't i certainly don't i don't think so being an issue so i think if you just space people out i think we've proven as a society that we can do limited capacities and i understand but i used to be a theater producer i understand budgets and how much money you need to be pouring in but if i was owning a movie theater i'd much rather have 50 percent capacity than zero exactly but taylor you have no idea no idea how hard it is to convince people of that fact. Well, like I, in all my time in marketing, convincing people that one number is bigger than another number is the hardest 
argument to get through to people's heads that yes, yes, you can have a hundred percent on that's true, but wouldn't you rather 50 than zero? And many, it would take them so long to admit yes. I will say that our dear friend Wendy had the right idea about it because she never went back to a hundred percent. No. And that's smart. Keep yourself open as long as you can by helping, by saying, okay, we're at 50% capacity. You can't subside each other, but at least you can still half fill your, your cinema. Yeah. Now I would be down. Now we have zero and that's, that's a bummer. And that's nothing. So we're hoping to be back in January or sorry, in February for that, but we'll see, we'll see how things go over the next few weeks. We've got a couple street new streaming movies that have come out. So we've got at least some stuff to occupy our time. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Um, okay, so we got a, We do have a, a fan question, to, uh, or do we have two? We might have two um, to kick off this episode. And then we've got some reviews. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to give a couple plugs and shameless plugs to some events still going on uh, in Kingston digitally. So we'll talk about and, that. Uh, and don't forget, Mike, you're going to tease something about us, our show. Yes. Or have I you already forget. forgotten? uh-huh yes we, we'll do that we'll do fan questions first and then we can do that we can talk okay. about the, the teasing uh, okay thing. um okay uh josh the inquisitor of course wants to know how has the switch back to streaming been for you both and you know you know what's funny about the way josh writes emails I, sometimes he addresses specific questions to you or me so he'll he'll say like taylor dash question mike dash question today he said both and then dash. it ends with both. Both. Dash. How has the switch back to streaming been for you both? <laughs> like, just in case there's any confusion, he would like both of us to answer this question. Thank you. Uh, the switch to streaming has been fine. I, again, I think right now it's a good time to stay in anyway. Like, yeah. when the weather's bad, that's fine. This is the part of winter where if I don't have to leave my house, I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, I think also because we're in like the 700th lockdown, it's just like more of the same. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I'd say, like, I'd say it's going to get annoying if it continues. Like right now is fine. And I don't mind a couple weeks of, you know, not needing to leave and just kind of be, be kind of hunkered down for the winter. But I think into February and especially moving forward, like, we can't be doing this in March. So <laughs> that's yeah. more of the my mentality is let's get back in February, take a little break, fine. But like, I've got Oscar movies I want to watch because we're going to do our Oscars pool again in March. And I want to make sure um, that we're we're ready to go for that. So I want to get yeah, to see there's some movies. movies. There's definitely movies I want to see. Yeah. I will say it wasn't too abrupt for me because I kind of saw the writing on the wall and stopped mm. going to the theaters prior to this lockdown. I don't know how you felt, Mike. Like in Kingston, we were a couple weeks ahead with the Omicron or whatever, however mm-hmm. you say it. And so I saw the cases rising and I kind of put a like a self-pause on going to the movies. So I don't know. I guess because it was a choice, it didn't hurt as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it it yeah, I think Kingston, this was this was a long time coming. Um, I think that it it's just a situation where it sucks, but we're here and we're going to do the best we can with it, but I would like it to be over fast. Um, 
for my own selfish reasons because I, I want to compete in our Oscars pool. I, I get a lot of fun of it and I want to win. Um, I used to win it all the time when it was just a group of friends. But now that we had, oh, what did we have, like 40-something entries last year? Um, it was I was tied for like third, third or fourth, tied for fourth with, with Matt Salton, so... Yeah, Mike, you were a big fish in a small pond with your Oscar party. And now, sorry, bud, more competition. I I know, but I did so well. I don't know what to tell you. Um, So, yeah, that's, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get there. Um, Actually, so (laughs) the second question is an Oscars related question. Um, So this comes from Ashton. So Ashton wants to know if we had heard the news on the people that they're considering to host the Oscars this year. What I heard was it was between Pete Davidson and Tom Holland to host the Oscars. Do you have any thoughts on either of them? I so don't. Tom Holland is Spider-Man and Pete Davidson is Pete Davidson. So that's who. Uh, They're definitely trying to appeal to a certain age demographic with those two. Younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah younger. We're probably yeah. younger than us, Mike, if yes. we're being honest. <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah. So um, there's that. I don't, I've never seen Pete stand up. I don't know if he's a funny guy. I only know about him because of all of the um, beautiful celebrity ladies he dates. So I know but him more me, as like a meme. Yeah. To me, the problem with Pete Davidson is I don't, like to be a comedian or like to do impressions and stuff is one like aspect, but to be a good host, I think you have to be more outgoing and charismatic than he is. Um, he is not an outgoing or charismatic person. He's not. He's just a goofy, a lump of a right? human person. He's yes, he's like he's goofy, goofy, but he's like like unfortunately every other comedian out there. He uses goofiness as like a mechanism for all the other like terrible things he has going on in his life. And I don't think that makes for a good host. Like, who, who are the best hosts of the Oscars? Who, who Can you think of, like, who or best hosts of anything? It, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, who who else? Hugh Jackman. I'm almost like, I don't have a problem with, like, talk show hosts. Like, I would, talk show hosts. Drew yeah, Barrymore, because they're charismatic. Drew Barrymore, Barrymore could would host the pick. Oscars. She's yeah. very weird. But what a fun, zany show that would be if Drew but Barrymore But she has... Was- a talk show so she yeah. clearly has that charisma that you need and weird is fine i mean you know um billy crystal hosted the oscars millions of times and his humor is a little strange like he, he's a little bit of an odd quirky guy but he's charismatic and he can do hosting well like i think you have to if if you are terrible at hosting saturday night live you can't host the oscars that would be do you watch snl so you've seen it um i've seen him yeah like i don't watch it all the time but i I try to catch it every once in a while because i still find some of the the skits funny he's funny and he's funny and he's good in all the skits but i still just think that's very very different it'd be the same way of like oh now pete davidson starring in in movies it's the same thing i said about like kate mckinnon will not have a movie career because kate mckinnon is not a good actor oh she's trying She's trying, but she's not going to have it. It's not going to be successful because all she can do is these goofy voices. Like, she can't excel beyond that. She might get to Adam Sandler-like level where, like, some some company or, or she has her own and can produce whatever they want. Hey, but... hey, hey. Don't slander my Adam Sandler. Well, I mean, he's, he, every once in a while he does a good movie and then he gives up and goes and does other things. So, I don't but, know um... <laughs> what to tell you. <laughs> 
and the the Tom Holland piece. I just want to chat about that real quick. That one to me is kind of a weird one. That's yeah. a weird one. Like, sure, he's a young actor, okay, but like other than that, why? Why is he on the short list? Probably because of Marvel and because he's Spider Man, and, and they just like, know he, that. Yeah, like, but if you wanted to choose a Marvel actor, like, there's so many other people that you could have picked before him. That I do find that a little, little. Apparently, strange. I saw a tweet that The Rock was on the short list before they decided to cut hosts like two years ago. Oh, like The Rock would make a good host. Yeah, like The Rock is exactly. Why don't you just have The Rock do it? Like that's See, like, exactly that what you level mean. of like charisma, warmth. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who's like not too intimidating, not intimidating. You know, but friendly. Friendly. People like him. Yeah. People know the He's name. a bankable like, star. You know, another person, John Cena, who we've talked about yeah. before, who's likable. He's goofy, but he's people like him. He's charismatic. Like, like there you go. Like John Cena, The Rock. Like those, those are for sure. Um, bring back Whoopi Goldberg. Um, bring back like who else has a talk show right now? Like Drew Barrymore, yeah. Um I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. My brain's exactly. Conan O'Brien. He's not doesn't have a show anymore. What's he doing? Like, it, bring bring back good hosts who can give you a good night and forget it. Like when you try hard to cater to a certain individual group, age bracket, whatever you want to demographic, people see right through that. They like don't when they did Anne Hathaway and what's his name? Oh yeah, I for, um James Franco. Yeah, what a horrible train wreck that <laughs> it was, was. Terrible. Yeah, you don't want to do that, right? Like you just have a nice, fun. Like the best Oscars are like I think the best one, like I've ever seen was the the one Hugh Jackman did during the recession when they didn't have a big budget and he couldn't do anything, and it was just Hugh Jackman up there, like yeah, he was good making fun of his friends and singing and dancing and moving, and like that's to me what a host should do. Yeah. So I hope it's not, I mean, I don't really have a big opinion on Tom Holland. I think it's just more so like, he's kind of young, like he can act, I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything. That one just seems like, okay, you're just picking a young current actor. Yeah, you saw him him in that weird movie that we watched on Netflix. Remember the one with Robert Pattinson? He was in uh, that devil movie? Yeah, yeah, he he was the main character. Oh, there you go. (laughs) There you go. That's uh, I haven't seen him in anything. <laughs> that pretty much sums up my whole pandemic movie movie experience. He was in yeah. that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's like that's those are my feelings. I think they're weird choices. I understand why they're doing it because they think that it's going to put butts in the seat, so to speak, or like have people tune in. But um, I'm with you, Mike. Like, don't go in looking like don't pick someone thinking that that's gonna like drive up viewership like pick someone who's actually mm-hmm. good for the job i guess is what for i'm sure. trying to say yeah and if it, if Agreed. they're good for the job good for the job people are gonna tune in definitely yeah and yeah. i think you and i just came up with a way better list yep um than than that list so once they... again hollywood please come a knocking mike and i have very <laughs> we have to have all the ideas yeah, all the ideas and they're all great um, I hadn't heard that though. I didn't know they were. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know they were going back to a host. Really, I didn't know that that was. I knew uh, they were going back to a host, but I didn't know that was their short list. No. And I think it's a it's a crummy short list. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a two person short list, and it's not it's not very good. Um, but thank you to um, to Josh um, to um, I, I'm sorry I just uh, Ashton Ashton thank you 
I'd already closed the window. Josh and Aston, thank you so much, both of you, for writing in. Uh, just a reminder to people, if you want to write in fan questions, you can anytime. You can email us, screeningandkingston at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, submit the form. They all work. Um, they're on multiple pages. You'll find it and, and send that in. Um, okay, so before we get to our movie reviews, we do have a quick little thing that we're kind of teasing here. Um, we're making a couple, uh, not like, more like adjustments to the show. And we would like some fan feedback for that. But we've decided because we don't know 100% what, what exactly we're going to do and not do. We don't want to like announce a bunch of things and then have it all not, not happen. Through. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> what we're looking for from our fans is anyone who's emailed us consistently or anyone who we know is like a big fan because maybe you did one of our, um, you did one of our contests or you've submitted an email for some reason, we're going to send you an email sometime this week. But if you're not one of these people, if you haven't really emailed in the show, but you listen all the time or you have opinions, just go onto our website, screeningandcase.com, fill out any form and just submit your email to receive the information. We'll send it out later this week. We just want your opinions and thoughts on things. We'll just have you pick a couple things um, to help us kind of make a few decisions. So if you don't get an email by the time you listen to the show the next time, make sure to send us an email. Make sure to, uh, to get in contact with us if you want to be involved and get a little uh, sneak peek. You want to be part of that uh, that group to get a little sneak peek. That and then once, yeah, once we have a more formalized idea of what's going on, we'll let everyone know on air. But for now, send us an email or we'll be contacting you. But just look out for it for, from our fans because uh, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you want. Is that a good enough tease? I had to take a drink of water. Yes. I'm <laughs> so so sorry. That's why there was a, was there was like, a pause okay, there. What's gonna I needed next? a drink of water and you weren't speaking. And <laughs> That was an excellent tease, Mike. <laughs> okay. I yeah. was just thinking, you know, like you said, uh, in case we don't follow through, we don't want this to be a Bo Burnham award situation again. It's hey, too we late tried. now. <laughs> we tried to get in contact, but they thought we were creepy and weird. Yeah. So okay. this is and not like, a Bo also situation. Bo Burnham. What about, hey, you up? Do you not understand about my, my tweet to you, okay? I tweeted Apple Burn, hey, you up, question mark, and he didn't respond. So. What about that do you not understand? We want to give you an award. Well, maybe next year, Bo, if you're in, you know. Yeah. No, if he's lucky. <laughs> he lost his chance. He lost his chance by not responding to us. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I still think what we need to do, Taylor, is we just need to get him an award, take a bunch of pictures of it, and spam him. And it is kind of funny that it's for 2021, and now we're in 2022. Well, it's the pandemic. Like, it would be even funnier if we wait (laughs) until 2023. And still try to give him this award. Yeah, be like, oh, well, you won the Oscar pool in 2021. (laughs) So So here's your award, Bo. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Um, uh, okay, we've got some movies to talk about. We've got quite a few to to review here, so we're going to get into it. Again, we're streaming in Kingston this week, so it's all streaming. Um, I saw, I watched The Tender Bar, um, and Taylor, you watched uh, Queen Pins. But where we're going to start is my mystery movie, because you got to do a mystery pick. So my mystery movie um, was a movie that I actually watched just about when it came out, so a couple weeks ago, closer to Christmas. Um, it was a Tick, Tick, Boom which yeah. is a uh, musical uh, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda from He's just do it everything, eh? Well, good for him. 
Um, Doesn't he have like, a new Disney hit... movie? Enchanto? He... Or... Uh, did he do the music for that? Oh, I know he did the music am... for Moana. I don't. Maybe I, I am just it. making things up now. Probably. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, Taylor, you get things in your head about where people come from. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, oh, he did this. No, he didn't. Um, you do know the movie I'm talking about, though. And yes. Oh, yeah. That's on Enchanto. Disney+. Enchanto. Um, I don't think that's what it's called. Um, Story by uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Okay, well there you go. So he did do. He wrote. He was on. Things. He was involved. Well, okay, I might be well, pronouncing it wrong. It's E N C A. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was Encanto. Okay. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, the point and is, is he's original doing so songs. Much. Original okay, songs. Okay, so there you go. He did do music. Yes, because because that would be his <laughs> second Disney film. He did Moana. Yeah. Um, and then he had a Netflix thing where he played a monkey dancing singing monkey um and he's i mean i think he has a contract with disney so i mean it makes it makes sense but he i mean limit well miranda he came from puerto rico he he grew up sort of loving film uh, and then grew for a love of theater um and his story is like actually kind of interesting uh, eventually there will be a biopic about Limit well miranda but this is his first feature film this is the first time he's directed anything, and he's directing a, a show, a Tick, Tick, Boom, which he was actually in one of the off-Broadway productions of. Oh, uh, so, so it's not an original musical. It's a real... No, it's a real... Uh, existing. So it is, um, and my theater company performed it, actually, oh. um, years, years and years and years ago. Um, so it's been around a long time because it's actually a sort of biopic of Jonathan Larson, who created Rent. Okay. So Tick, Tick, Boom was actually a musical that Jonathan Larson wrote before Rent about his own life that he performed as like a rock monologue at various like, like clubs a one, in New York. One like man a one-man show. show. Yeah, that, that eventually was expanded to be three people and then was made into like an off-Broadway production that had three people in it. Um, and then he like kind of, you know, went on and did Rent and then this kind of got lost a weight but what's interesting about it is it's autobiographical so it's Got about it. him struggling as a writer in new york trying to write an amazing original musical um and i don't know if you know too much about jonathan larson taylor or not um but he died at the age of 35 the night before rent opened on broadway oh wow no i had no idea yeah, so Jonathan Larson was, so this movie, Tick, Tick, Boom, is about him turning 30 years old. He has a big fear about turning 30, and he he's trying to write a musical, which is called Superbia, is what he's trying to write, which was a real musical he was trying to make back then before Rent. Um, and this biopic, Tick, Tick, Boom, is actually not about, like, it's not about, you know, those biopics where it's about someone who finally makes their big success. This is like about the person years before they have their failing. big success and they're failing miserably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what Tick Tick Boom's about. But yeah, Jonathan Larson's story is interesting. He so he wrote Rent and workshopped it and it got a lot of great feedback. And then before it opened for a preview performance, he he died of a, a aortic aneurysm, oh. uh, and he just he just died. He just died the night before. Um, that's he, wild. Yeah, and it was like super random. And now and Rent is happened. huge. And then Rent ran for 12 years on Broadway Street. Yeah, it was massive. And he never got to see it be successful. Um, and so this Tick, Tick, Boom, this story is about him in 1989 
going into the 90s, he's turning 30, and it's about the struggle of, do I stay a musician, composer, and artist, or do I, like all my friends are doing, go get a real job? Yeah. Like his best friend has got a job in marketing. His girlfriend, who was a dancer, she gets a big job opportunity like in Chicago. Like it's it's all these like question marks. What am I going to do? I thought um, this was when I saw the commercial on Netflix or like the, you know, when they start playing it, even though mm-hmm. you don't want it to. I thought, oh, that's a Mike movie. And then you texted me a couple weeks later, like this week. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to review Tick, Tick, Boom. And I thought, mm-hmm, that's a Mike movie. That sounds like Mike's life in the theater. <laughs> yeah. No. And again, so my, my theater company did the show and I directed it um, because I definitely have identify. Always, yes. I've always felt that the identification with Jonathan Larson for a lot of reasons. Um, I'm, I'm going to turn 35 in like a week. So hopefully uh, not, you know, I want to live a little longer, but he, he not only struggled kind of through his, his youth with doing this, but he never, he never really knew whether or not theater or the arts was actually for him. Right. right. Um, and now he's way more talented than, than I am, but it is interesting to kind of note of his up and down time of like, okay, he'll do random jobs over here, do random jobs over here. But he's always sort of working towards that goal. And his fear of turning 30 was a fear I definitely had until I turned 30. And I was like, well, listen, who cares? Um, yeah, this is, this is as bad as I thought it was going to be. But yes, I have, I, I think any theater kid or any person who's involved in the arts can see themselves in Jonathan Larson and will identify with the story 100%. Like I think, it's very it's very accessible in that way. Like if you if you've ever had a love for the arts, you will appreciate the movie for that reason. Um, and I will say, for a for a musical first going to a movie, you know how I feel about those. Um, this was pretty well done. Like Lin Manuel Miranda clearly knows what he's doing, and I think getting a musical theater performer director to direct the film was a very good idea. Because it's someone who understands theater, who understands this type of storytelling. And I thought the way they used the musical numbers and the way they kind of put the cast together was like very well done. So, so I'm very impressed the, by it. the guy who plays him, who was Andrew Spider- Garfield, yeah, who was a Spider Man. He was a Spider Man as well. Um, yeah. Is he a singer? I didn't know if he's done musical. Okay, <laughs> so here's the thing. That's the that's the million this dollar is, question. Yeah, this is this is the this is the thing, Taylor. So. Before even watching it, I was like, I asked, I asked the same question. Like, does Andrew Garfield sing? Like, I've seen him no in idea. a lot of movies. He was a Spider-Man. And apparently, he he took vocal lessons for this role. Okay. So that so that gives you a sense of, of dread. Yeah. Being like, oh. Okay, he doesn't come boy. naturally to it. Yes. <laughs> and and you know, the last musical movie that I saw where I read that in advance was Sweeney Todd with Johnny Depp. And that was a disaster. So I was pretty concerned. Taylor, the minute he opens his mouth to sing, it completely blew me away. I could not believe how good of a singer he is. And again, I know this music very well. Very, very, very well. I've listened to this soundtrack a million times in the past like 15 years. Again, my theater company performed it. So we did it like for two weeks, every single night. Um, he was exceptional. Not even just good. He would like. He was probably one of the he better. He could be like, on Broadway. A hundred percent. He could do like. I just couldn't believe how good of a singer he was. And there were other really good singers in the movie as well. Like actually, the singing was 
good all around except for one person, but it's not because she was bad. It's because I didn't think, you know who Vanessa Hutchins is? Yeah. So she's in it and it's a rock musical and her voice just doesn't, I think. Yeah, she's like a fit. pop. Yeah, pop like, like it was like a Disney pop. princess. Yeah. Who yeah, <laughs> was singing all the, and it's just like, you're a good singer, but that's so weird to hear you she's singing. She's in like the, with Zach Efron. High school musical. Yeah, she's yeah, a high she, school when musical she was younger, girl, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean she's older now. Yeah, she's yeah. like in her like late twenties or something. And she fit like the role she was playing. I just the whole time, every time she opened her mouth, except for one song, like one of the big solos, it really suited her. But the rest of it I just was like anyone like anyone else probably could have done this. Um and it wouldn't have sounded as weird. Um as it did from from her. So that was the only kind of knock I I had about the singers. Otherwise, every single person they had was a phenomenal singer. So the singing was top notch. The direction was like superb. All the various things that that happened um, within this musical and all the choices that were made seemed like really well thought out. Like it seemed to be clear, oh, this is why this is happening this way. This is how we're going to do this. Like it had kind of that old, old tiny musical theater feel to it while also being a movie that's set in like the 90s. So it, um, yeah, it, it was, it was really well done. If you're a fan of Rent, Jonathan Larson, musical theater, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you will enjoy this movie immensely. If you're not, I still think you could enjoy it. Like it's still a very interesting story. It's a very compelling story. It's very interesting to see kind of the life choices. And it does give you a little glimpse into a struggle that, I've seen tons of people go through, like I went to school for theater and I've seen tons of people go through this decision of like, do I accept this job elsewhere or do I try to get involved in the arts? And it, honestly, like it, I'll say openly right now, it's, it's a decision I'm still grappling with, you know, whether or not to. And you're an old man. And I'm old. I'm almost 35. I'm an old, old man. And I'm still sitting here going like, do I want to really heavily pursue getting back involved in the arts? Do I want to just focus on doing communications because there's there might be more money and opportunities there? Like it is something that I can relate to. I'm giving it a see it. It's it, for a movie musical, it's it's quite phenomenal. I think people will really enjoy it. Hmm. Okay, very cool. Well I will tell you about my Amazon watch, which was Queen Pins. And <laughs> this had quite the cast um i'm not gonna be able to rattle off everyone but like if you watch this movie you'll like pretty much recognize almost everyone like joel McHale's in it um joel McHale's in it. yeah wow. chris Kristen bell i think that's her name she's the lead i'll be honest i don't remember this i didn't recognize the second lead i don't know her name but aside from that like um vince vaughn is in it uh like haven't seen him in a while so it like had a pretty stacked cast um for me like it was okay there there it's kind of like um a, a crime comedy so like Kristen Bell and her friend are essentially committing a crime and then Vince Vaughn and this other character are kind of charged with like tracking them down. So like kind of like a classic like heist type movie, you know, like you're rooting for the the criminals, but like 
and then the the cops are kind of after them except vince vaughn is a male controller like he is a police officer but for male so so he's a police officer for male yes like physical yes like snail snail mail like yeah really yeah. Wait, there are police officers for like. Yeah, he's called what? like a. They're like they give him a name, and I'm. This is like real, like in the United States. I mean, maybe in Canada too, but like because committing crime through the mail is fraud, so they have like a special. Yeah, they have like special police officers for mail, and that's Vince Vaughn. So okay. he and he teams up with this guy who specializes in loss prevention for like like grocery stores, and he specializes in like coupon fraud. So the two of them team up, and they're kind of chasing Kristen Bell and her sidekick, right? So he, they're like the Vince Vaughn and the other guy have really great chemistry, and it would have been almost a better setup. If it was the the main characters were those two guys and the the movie followed them tracking down the girls as opposed to like the girls being like the main characters and the the investigators or the B plot. You know what I mean? Because like they had such a good chemistry and like the writing was really funny, like the dialogue they had together. And it was like. The girls were like, okay, like Kristen Bell is funny, like whatever. Um, it just like, it was like, they were stealing the scene, you know, like when yeah. anytime Vince Vaughn and this other guy were on, you were like, oh my gosh, they're so funny. I could watch a whole movie about them. So I think it had some interesting things to say. Um, like it got me thinking about um, kind of like the precarious economy we live in and how um in order to get ahead like it's a rigged system so like people have to default to fraud kind of and it made me think of like um even like pyramid schemes you know how like women often it's often women are put in such um precarious finances that they unfortunately have to kind of buy into these schemes so several i think almost months ago now i think i reviewed or i mentioned the lulu rose documentary i watched which is also on amazon so like if you like that kind of like almost like social like social commentary i think you'll get something out of this movie and i certainly did like it had me thinking about those topics but ultimately like it just didn't really do it for me Mm. you know what i mean you know when you're watching a movie and you're like you can't quite put your finger on why it's not doing it not clicking for yeah. it yeah so for me this movie it straddles the line between a stream it and an airplane it like depending on your mood this would make a really good movie to watch on an airplane but like depending on your mood it also might make a good stream it like if it's like a saturday afternoon you got nothing going on you like kristen bell is it kristen or kristen I'm. I don't know actually. Now that you're you, saying it, I'm not right. Too they sure both sound right. Yeah. But um, yeah. the girl from um, the good place. The good place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's I. Yeah. Um, like if you like her, uh, if you like Vince Vaughn, and there's like other like other big name people in this movie, Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes for an okay Saturday afternoon. That's what I watched it. I watched it on a Saturday afternoon. This isn't like a Saturday evening movie. 
So it sounds to me like an airplane at then. Yeah. Your, like for you at least. Yeah. It sounds like an airplane. It really, it's not like Saturday matinee or matinee. Yes. Like you don't have that. Yeah. You don't got much going on, but you need to kill some time. And you're going to be with actors that are familiar to you. And the story's interesting enough. And it has some things to say. And it does have funny dialogue. But there, it just doesn't quite work. And it might be because of casting. Like it might be because... Vince Vaughn and the other guy had such a good dynamic. You right. know what I mean? That everything else was kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, well, right I mean, yeah. You know, do you want to, you know, you, you've done this before. You invented Airplane It. Do you want to invent matinee? Saturday like, matinee? That, <laughs> sa- Saturday matinee? Like, is that your. I think it your might official? be its own category. It's okay. a Saturday matinee, Saturday guys. Matinee is the official rating. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like when you. Think about like you're at home at your parents because I, I we don't have cable. But like I'm visiting my mom or my dad and I have nothing to do. I'm killing some time before dinner with grandma. You turn on the TV. You turn on Queen Pins. Yeah, you turn on <laughs> Queen Pins. It's on the movie network. You think, why not? Why not? Okay, well, there you go. So there you go. Saturday matinee. It's our, our newest rating uh, system. So we'll add that in there. Um remind people of our rating system sometime but yes matt saturday matinee uh is your is your official rating for there well well, there you go i mean yeah it's it it sounds like exactly the type of sort of random movie that you're getting with streaming where sometimes you get gems and sometimes you get duds but then you get these in-betweens where it's like well it's like fine but it makes sense that it's here versus in a movie theater yes it's kind of a safe place to put a movie like that exactly yeah there you go um, okay, so my last movie is also an Amazon uh, original, and it's called The Tender Bar. Um, I'm sure other people have saw previews for it as well. It's directed by George Clooney uh, and stars Ben Affleck and Ty Sheridan and a bunch of other random people. Uh, it's so okay. This is I've been thinking about this a lot, trying to figure out what to say about this movie. And the is best it thing a Saturday I can say, matinee. <laughs> the best thing I can say. Well, it, I say it's slightly better than a Saturday. Okay. Night. This is a a a absolute the if you were to look up the term um, feel good movie, this would be next to it. Right. Because nothing remotely high stake happens in this movie, and when it does, it's glossed over very quickly. So I'll give you an example of it. Um, these aren't spoilers because it, the movie doesn't pay it too much attention, so I don't think it necessarily matters. I think there's other things that the movie's focusing on. Um, this movie is all about a young boy who his father has abandoned him and his mother, and they live at his, basically his grandfather's house, who houses everybody. Like, the whole family is not, they're not really well off, they don't really have a lot of money, um, but he's exceptionally bright. Um, and so, the whole movie is about the kid eventually trying to go to to Yale to university and kind of experience life so you got kind of get the kid version of him and then you get Ty Sheridan who plays the the teen to to young adult version of the character um in this movie there's a moment where in in like a there's a what do you call it the voiceover there's a voiceover the entire movie and in the voiceover the voiceover says you know, and then what happened next was my mom got cancer and they cut the cancer out. And then that was it. <laughs> they, they just moved on from that. It wasn't like she a She was moment. fine? 
she was fine. Okay. Uh, and so, so Ben Affleck plays his uncle Charlie. So because he doesn't have a father, his uncle Charlie and his grandfather, who's played by Christopher Lloyd, um, the two of them are basically like his father, like the father figure. Right. You've got his grandfather. You got, and another moment later in the movie where it's like he gets a phone call and it's like a dramatic moment and it turned Ben Affleck's character has a heart attack and then nothing happens there either. He's fine. He's just, he's fine. No, he's fine. That was a mild heart attack. Oh, okay, cool. Go back to it. Like nothing, no stakes whatsoever so you're not, in this movie. You're going to be okay. <laughs> yes. Like the three, the three dramatic things that happen in the movie get brushed over real quickly. And I think it's because they wanted you to focus on the, the way this young individual kind of eventually becomes a writer. So it's based right. on the memoirs of an actual writer. Um, and so it's just more about him getting through this childhood. He didn't have anything too horrible happen, but there were still adversities that he had to go through. Right. Um, and it's more of like a human story. It's a character piece. It's, it's talking about how this kid kind of formed his characteristics with the influences of those around him. That's more what the movie is about. Right. Um, it You know, at times it's very funny. Like one of the funny things that happened is so Christopher Lloyd, who plays his grandfather, is just basically this old crotchety man who sits on his his chair and doesn't do anything. Um, and every time he opens his mouth, someone yells at him. <laughs> Someone's like, ah, just sit there, Frank, or whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. Just grandpa. Ah, you just sit on your butt and watch your shows. And then he just like mumbles. But it's just like this weird dynamic that the family has where he takes everyone in. Like the, the whole story is that the mother basically drags the kid to the grandfather's house near the beginning of the movie. And like, that's the place where everyone goes. All the kids go to stay there when they don't have anywhere else to live. And he takes them all in and never says anything about it, but just sits there in this chair and like mumbles and grumbles about it, about like having to feed everybody and whatever. But he just sits there and mumbles and everyone yells at him all the Aww, time. Poor he can't like say anything. But, but like, he's also like the center of attention for the house. It's like this really weird thing. Because he, like, won't, like, yes, they all yell at him, but he just, like, mumbles and gives it, it back to them. Takes it, but then, like, gives it back to them, but, like, under his breath. Or, like, will still be, like, grumpy or whatever. And it's just so, it's so strange. It was such a weird dynamic. But it's not, like, I just don't want it to make it seem like it's not, like, elder abuse. Because he's literally dishing it back. But it's just the way the relationship is, I guess. And the whole the whole family's relationship with each other is very strange. It's a very, very odd dynamic but it makes for a lot of the humor in the movie right. comes from the way everyone relates to each other and communicates with each other. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's the, that's the, and the only, there's also a grandmother who says nothing the whole movie. Um, but anyway, that's yeah, that checks out. Neither, neither, neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, she just like cooks in the kitchen and is yeah, just like, course. Oh, there's, there's 20 people for dinner. Okay. Here's 20 plates of food. Oh, there's five there. And here's five, like doesn't really say anything. Uh, and again, he just like is grumpy and like kind of roaming around. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It was again, low stakes. It sounds good, like good it's just like, it's nice. It's, it's a just a nice, nice movie. movie. Yes relatively well written decently directed like to me this is this is the like i would give it an airplane it but i'm giving it a stream it because it was like a little bit better than that um it's not the movie isn't going to change your life and it does brush over topics that like you probably could have gotten into like again cancer heart attack there was um when he finally again this isn't like really a spoiler because you get it from the beginning when he like learns more about his father 
who his father was and, and this person, like there are some dark things that come out of that, but um, nothing comes of it because we just kind of focus on who this person is. He gets into to relationships. They don't go very well. And again, it's just kind of brushed over. It's not really about that. It's about how he formed to who he was and started writing what he, he basically did in order to start writing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a stream it for me. It's a decent movie. If you're looking for a feel good movie, it's, it's a pretty good feel good movie with uh, not, uh, not too many high stakes. Like you're not, you're not risking anything. You're not going to feel bad. You're going to feel good. Good for a pandemic. It's going to be a, good for, for sure. A pandemic lockdown. And you know, sometimes how something happens in your life and you're worried about what movie to put in because yeah. you don't know what's going to be seen yeah. in there. I promise you, you're nothing. <laughs> the minute it looks like something bad's going to happen, everything good that could possibly happen happens in that moment. So It's a best case scenario movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You don't have to worry whatsoever. Um, so there you go. I'm going to give it a stream that uh, it was a little bit better than an airplane movie. Yeah. Like Saturday matinee also kind of makes sense, but I'll give it a stream it. Cause again, I think it, if you watch it on a Friday night or Saturday night as like, you know, like family movie night, but when the kids are a little older, yeah. like they're no longer little and you want to like just watch a movie as a family. There you go. The tender bar. It's a kind that's of an adult movie new, with adult humor. That's a whole new genre. Saturday mm-hmm. night family movie. Saturday night family movie. <laughs> But but not like family like you know pop it in the Muppets but like you know you gotta, I mean, it would be similar to um it'd be similar to Goodwill Hunting yeah and Uncle Dan no no Uncle Uncle Dan Uncle, Uncle Buck Uncle Buck Uncle Frank Uncle Buck's a um, great movie uh what's that movie I was trying to say what's the the Dan one the guy with Bill Murray where he plays kind of the weirdo who's following the therapist around um, oh what about Bob. What about Bob? That's another one. That's a one. good uh, one. Yeah, all those movies to me feel feel like this, where it's like feel good movies. Some quirkiness happens, some fun stuff happens, but like relatively low stakes. More human. It's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Again, like I, it, even in color palette and look, it reminded me a lot of of Goodwill Hunting um, and Uncle Frank, which are two movies that have higher stakes, but still have like interesting, hopeful endings to them. Feel good movies. There you go. That's the tender bar. Um, okay, before we wrap up today, I do want to give a quick shout out uh, to the Reel Out Film Festival. Uh, the Reel Out Queer Film Festival is returning for 2022. However, it is virtual. So they made that switch. They were going to try to do it in person, but unfortunately with the pandemic, they've made the switch to, to do it virtual um, like they did last year. So hopefully it still goes well for them. Um, but the dates of the festival are January 27th to February 7th, so it kicks off next week. Um, and next week, we're going to have um, one one or two of the artists from their opening film come on the show and talk a little bit uh, about the film. Um, just so everyone knows, because I know our fans like background and, and kind of the ins and outs of this. I'm actually doing a recording with them for a Q&A this week that's going to kick off the festival. So you can watch the first uh, film, which is called Stupid For You. And afterwards, you can see yours truly, interview and do a Q&A with the cast. We might take a segment of that interview and play it on the show next week. Or if the cast is available, they'll come on the show next week. We're not too sure yet. Um, but no matter what, we'll have a bit of a reel out spotlight as half the show next week to kick off that festival. So I just want to give them the shout out that reel out is back. It's coming next week, and you'll hear something on our show next week about the festival as uh, as movie festival season kicks off in Kingston, because we've got two movie, 
festivals, one in February and one in March. We're really lucky in that way. We are lucky. We're film fortunate. I know. We have film festivals all over the place. And I hope the Kingston Canadian Film Festival can do in person. Um, it's a real shame that Real Out had to switch to, to, um, to, to virtual, but hopefully this won't last forever. Um, and, and once the Kingston Canadian Film Festival gets here, they can do in-person stuff. Because there's nothing... There's nothing that beats it, right? Going to a film no. with other people. Nothing, Eating the nothing popcorn, you know, yeah. nudging your seatmate, saying, hey, yeah. did you see that? All that good yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, but e- either way, uh, Reload is back. They are virtual. They did a virtual festival next year. So, hey, um, people are at least getting used to that. And you can watch it at home. You know, this is a good time with all the snow. To, yes. to watch at home so Hunker down. more on that yeah more on real out next week um but uh, yeah there you go brings us to the end of the show thank you everybody once again for listening um we're, we're really happy that you're sticking with us lots of fun things and cool stuff to come uh, as we get uh, rolling through the pandemic go stream some movies thank you for listening to the screening in kingston podcast recorded at cfrc at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.